We're going to jump right into trucking trends and uh, join Tim Ashoff from Crete Schaefer Hunt. Hey, Tim, good morning. Again, Dave. Great to uh, great to talk to you as always. Have you gotten used to the fact that it's November yet? I mean, it really caught me by surprise. I was reading a, a, a news report and it's talking about last month and and uh, September, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, September was last month. And then I thought, no, we're in November here, so I may be just dragging to the end of the year. I'm not sure. <laughs> no time. Time in some days and uh, some months really seem to go by here, and uh, you know, especially then the weather kind of uh, tricks us. Today here in Nebraska, it's going to be in the mid 70s, and here we are, you know, November 3rd. So uh, it seems like it should be back in September here from a weather standpoint. But I guess in some ways, uh, maybe it's good that 2020 is going by quickly now. Maybe so. You know, you, uh, not to get off on this tangent, but I, I, I run through a weather discussion every morning in the first hour from the. National Weather Service, and we're having record low temperatures up in the Northeast, and temperatures as high as 25 to 35 degrees above normal in the middle of the country, all at the same time on the same day. Uh, it's just crazy stuff. But speaking of crazy stuff, uh, we could talk forever about 2020. But let's kind of zero in on where we are right now, and. Uh, Starting right now, where you think we might be going now through the season and into next year? This is normally a busy time of year, obviously, for the trucking industry. So what are you guys at Creek Carrier Schaefer seeing and what are your customers seeing? You know, we've been uh, very, very busy actually throughout uh, the pandemic, given um, what we haul food stuff and consumer packaged goods. But, you know, normally this time of year is that strong time of year as we're moving into the holidays. And we are seeing that uh, holiday uh, strength on top of, of just being busy in general this year. So, you know, talking with our customers, um, you know, they were anticipating this, some, some normal holiday surge. People still want to do the things they do uh, during the holidays as much as possible. But while that is normal, what our customers is finding is, is how and where to get their product uh, may not be as normal as, as it has been. Um, you know, for example, uh, you know, People are eating differently. Uh, they're eating more at home, and different products are moving at different times and from different places. Uh, just talking with one of our customers who makes charcoal, and normally this time of year the, the charcoal moves would be going way down, but they sold so much charcoal this summer because more people were cooking at home that the inventories are depleted, so they're still hauling a heck of a lot of loads and shipping a heck of a lot of loads of charcoal just to get inventory uh, resupplied out there even though it's a slower time of year. So just a very very busy and then we're seeing that holiday surge at the same time uh things you know kind of behind the scenes aren't really normal with some of the products and and how they're moving and where they're going uh which normally wouldn't be this time of year i just went through a report about the institute for supply management's uh, manufacturing index uh we are up that's 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 the story i was referring to about when i couldn't tell where i was on the calendar uh, and uh, 50 is the uh, benchmark, the number 50. We are at 59.3 in October. And they take a look at, I mean, you, you know all of this, but they, they take a look at 18 industries in the report. 15 did report expansion in October, and the strongest growth was, well, you just mentioned it, food and beverages. And then you have fabricated metals and chemicals, computers, electronics. Those things will always be high. But food and beverages are right at the top of the list, even charcoal. And don't forget the paper plates. <laughs> 
That's right. You know, and as we talk to our customers in, in those product lines, um, they're they're talking about being so low on inventory that even if we get back to, I'll say, more normal levels of demand, you know, we're out to, you know, maybe next May or June just to build that supply back up from, you know, the, the manufacturing side to their inventory, then to their, you know, customers' DC inventories, and then, uh, you know, get it out on the store shelves. So, uh, I think it's going to be very busy in that segment here for a number of months, um, which is you know should be good for uh, the trucking industry overall. The um, re- the top ten issues in trucking uh, was released uh, late last week. Uh, Atri uh, puts that out, and we cover that each year with Rebecca and Dan uh, on the program here. And one of the things. Um, that, of course, we look at is the, well, it's a list, the top 10. And it's interesting that uh, driver shortage is the number one thing on the list. Now, I say that because that's the combined list of drivers and fleets. And then when you break it down, uh, there's a driver's list and a fleet list. As you, and again, you know this, but uh, driver shortage is number one on the carrier list, but certainly not on the driver's list. Uh, so that, with, with that as sort of just a little background here in terms of uh, the driver shortage, the so-called driver shortage, the shortage of qualified drivers, the shortage of drivers between trucks, you know, you get all of these qualifiers in. I've been hearing this for decades about this this bouncing ball of driver shortage. So now we're hearing more about the resurgent driver shortage. Uh, you guys at Crete and Schaefer recently raised pay for over-the-road drivers. Uh, do you expect more carriers to increase driver pay in responses, and do you want to mention anything about sign-on bonuses? Sure. You know, I, I do expect uh, more carriers to, to increase pay. I think what we're seeing is, uh, you know, a combination of things going on. Uh, as I mentioned before, the, the industry is busy right now, so there's uh, strong demand out there. But at the same time, you know, during this, this year, it's been a, a strange year. We had, uh, you know, the drug and alcohol clearinghouse come into play in January, and I think it's, uh, you know, numbers are 30-plus thousand drivers have essentially been uh, eliminated from the industry uh, right now, due to you know be, being tested positive for for drug or alcohol and being on that registry, and then we had you know the COVID pandemic hit and that shut down a lot of schools, so new people coming into the industry stopped. And I think you know latest reports are really maybe only schools are maybe out at 60% of capacity, so many fewer people than normal coming into the industry. And then we had the normal, I'll call it exits from the industry, from retirements and maybe some drivers you know, running into medical issues. We have a lot that I need to go home and take care of my parents, uh, those types of things happening. And then you know, with the changing economy, um, with more e-commerce out there, there's a lot more warehouse jobs, and I'll call it last-mile local delivery jobs. So I would say a lot of the over-the-road drivers have found opportunities you know, maybe for that, um, you know, last mile delivery versus being over the road. And so that means we need, we as an industry have to make that over the road uh, job more attractive and generally more attractive means more pay. So I do think we'll see that. Um, And, you know, you mentioned sign-on bonuses. I think uh, drivers need to be uh, very wary of those as we've talked in the past. If you start to see those sign-on bonuses getting really big, you have to ask yourself, you know, is this something that, uh, you know, this company really wants me for the long term or are they trying to grab me now and, and you know, do, sort of do a, a flash in the pan, so to speak, um, to take advantage maybe of some short-term things? 
but then am I going to be bouncing to a different job here shortly thereafter? And and as you know, you know what does that sign-on bonus really mean? Um, if you look at the the fine print on most of those, I remember a company had you know an eighty thousand dollars sign-on bonus they advertised a couple of years ago, but it, you you had to be there for eight years in order to to earn it all. So is that really a sign-on bonus or not? So you know, our, our, we've never done those, and and you know, our thing is, hey, we have to deliver for our drivers every single day and have them at a uh, you know, high pay, rate of pay, top rate of pay, and get them top miles every day. And if we don't do that, then they shouldn't come on board. So uh, we believe, look, you know, look for the long term. Look what carriers are doing, how they pay their drivers, uh, and and a flash in the plan sign-on bonus is always a red flag for me. One of the things, uh, kind of going back to uh, the history of uh, the driver shortage, as it were, calling it a resurgent shortage now, and that sort of thing. Uh, Tim, um, I, I remember that um, we had um, something that I just lost. I, I lost oh, uh, the PSP. I've almost lost track of my thought there. Uh, the pre-employment screening program. I don't know if it was by if part of the intent was to slow down the so-called churn. Do you remember churn? It, there was no driver shortage. It was churn. It was drivers just between companies because I know historically, I've been around for 50 years, I know guys who have been with 10, 15, 20 different companies. I mean, anytime something happened they didn't like, they left, and they could because all you had to do was walk across the street and you had a job. Trucking was always one of those industries where you could always get a job. Now, I understand the COVID thing has skewed that a lot, but if you take that out of the equation, yeah, you know, you could go someplace else, and you did. A lot of guys did, and I know a lot of folks have been around for a long time know that, uh, maybe have done that. Um, but the PSP supposedly slowed a lot of that down because it wasn't just a matter of uh, dropping those keys and putting on a new cap. Uh, do you think the PSP, the pre-employment screening program, has slowed some of that uh, turn down? I think it's done two things. I I think it has somewhat slowed the churn down, maybe not as much as I think people expected, because uh, there still are a lot of opportunities for drivers. But I think, uh, from from my perspective, what it did more for companies like us us is it actually. Uh, um, uh, it eliminated potential jobs for drivers because, um, you know, we, we look for quality when we hire and, you know, we only approve about, uh, you know, 15 to 20 percent of the uh, applications we get because, um, you know, we're looking for somebody who wants to make a career uh, of their job and, and, you know, come into somebody like us and, and understand who we are, what we want to do, what we want to accomplish. And if we see from PSP that we have a driver that's been at many different companies, maybe doesn't take safety seriously, doesn't do the right things for inspections and other things that show up on that report, we just aren't going to hire them in the first place. Um, and so I, I think it's done two things. Yeah, maybe drivers, hey, I need to sit tight because uh, they'll see all that information out there. But it may have also eliminated um, their opportunities for quality jobs, I'll call it, because we have more of that information now available before we make that hiring decision. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and of course, it's a voluntary program, too, so a lot of companies uh, don't follow through, although that's a real uh, dangerous thing to do, because if uh, someone got into an accident, uh, hopefully, you know, not a catastrophic accident, but the first question that they'll ask that uh, guy who hired that driver is, 
Did you do your due diligence on that driver? You know, there's this program called PSP. You know about that? <laughs> so you got to watch Absolutely. yourself, right? Now the, yeah. yeah, and the drug and alcohol clearinghouse is the same oh, right, thing. Now, right, right, right. So, uh, yeah. That's that's more information there for carriers like us to look at. So. Well, uh, let's continue to talk about uh, pay because you guys, again, you've always had great pay. There's no question about that, and you continue that. You haven't dropped that, and you continue to raise. You just had another pay raise. Um, and it's interesting, too, because, and I've said this many times through the years because I've seen it through the years. If you have uh, three things on the top of a driver's list for what they really want out of a company, Pay is obviously going to be one of the top three, but it's not necessarily going to be number one. Honesty, you know, the old joke about how do you know if a dispatcher's lying? Well, his mouth is moving. You know, you got that thing going on from the past. Mm-hmm. And so you have, uh, you have honesty, you have um, respect, and pay. And sometimes it's one, two, three, three, two, one, one, three, two, or whatever. And it's interesting that um, in this latest Atri Top 10 issues, um, on the commercial driver's list, as opposed to the carrier list, truck parking is number one, driver compensation, two, and then detention. And that kind of pretty much means money, but it's also the hassle. So you got one, two, three, parking pay and detention. So pay is still up there, but other things still um, basically play into this. You guys are on top of that. So in addition to a pay raise, what do you guys at Crate and Schaefer do to simply attract the kind of drivers that that you need, knowing that pay isn't the only thing is what I'm getting at. And, And it really never has been, has it? No, it hasn't. And I think, you know, you mentioned respect and, you know, certainly that's something we want to ensure that we're showing to everybody on our team, not just the drivers, but our, our dispatchers, our shop personnel, everyone in the in the Crete family. But we know for drivers, one great way to show them respect is to use their time wisely. And I think what you're talking about in parking and in detention really often goes down to how is that driver using their time? Are they using their time to look for parking? Are they using their time sitting at at a receiver? So what we've really been focusing on in addition to pay is how do we ensure we are eliminating the frustrations of drivers, which really means how do we ensure we're using their time wisely? And that does start with a couple of things, you know, parking. So this, this just right now, we've actually, uh, this year, we've um, we, we expanded our terminals uh, in a couple different places, a new terminal in Statesville, North Carolina, with more parking. We're expanding our, our parking lot at our terminal in Harrisburg, PA. Um, so we're looking across our own network and saying, hey, where can we provide more parking even at our own facilities? And then trying to, to obviously work with um, you know state and federal government on parking they provide. Certainly pushing back with our truck stop chains that we deal with on, on not having pay for parking, uh, not requiring drivers to do that. Uh, so that's something we do focus on. And then on detention, I say, you know, what we really do is try to focus on the overall quality of our customers and quality of our freight. If we have good quality customers and good quality freight, we avoid detention altogether rather than having to worry about, well, what does the driver get paid for detention? When does that start? How much do they get paid? Let's just not have detention in the first place. So uh, we've really been working on improving the amount of drop and hook freight we have out there, um, which obviously then keeps our drivers moving. And then what we do, we have the ability now to, to track and look at 
every single load that we haul. And we, we know how much time it takes for a driver to, to pick up at a location on average and deliver at a location on average. Uh, and then how many miles per day they get on, on this particular lane. And, and we go and then we work with our operations and sales teams and, and eliminate those bottom performing lanes is our goal. Uh, so that way we can have good quality freight for our drivers day in, day out, and then they don't have to worry about detention. Um, we do pay guaranteed detention because we know things do happen. It is trucking. Uh, not every load is perfect. Uh, so when we do have those situations, we do want to make sure the driver is compensated for that. So, yeah, always continuing to focus on that quality of, of customer and quality of freight. You know, often we've talked in the past, I feel we're kind of a middleman here uh, at, at Creek Carrier and Schaefer Trucking. We want good quality drivers, and then we need to put the, them together with good quality freight. So that's really kind of our job is to fit those two together. And then when we do, things just happen. And, and with the, the quality we have on both sides, um, you know, everyone comes out ahead at the end. Tim Ashoff is with us. Tim. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, I'm going to ask you a question uh, that you may not expect, but we are in this pandemic and we can't ignore it. Uh, what would you say to a driver who left the industry for a time? Maybe it's because of the pandemic. There may be some other reasons. Uh, should they consider returning to trucking? Why should they consider returning to trucking if that's the case? Tim Ashoff is with us, Creek and Schaefer, Hunt Transport, and, of course, so this is Trucking Trends. And, uh, Tim, you know, a lot of folks leave the industry for a lot of reasons and have been since there's been an industry, and you can come back through the different eras of trucking. It's been easier or harder. Right now it's not – well, it's timing. you got to make sure that yeah, – and, of course, we've had everything skewed with uh, medical cards and CDLs and all of that. But essentially um, – you can't just walk back in. Uh, you need to make sure that you aren't out too long. So timing is everything. And I'm sure you guys have talked uh, long and hard and have some flow charts and all of this there in the offices. But why should somebody consider returning to trucking uh, who maybe have left because of COVID? Well, I think, you know, trucking is as important to their country now more than ever. So certainly uh, it's a great way to, you know, serve your nation uh, in one way. Uh, but it is also a great career. Uh, this is There's strong demand out there for drivers, as we've talked about. It's an industry where pay does continue to go up. I think the industry is seeing more respect, and drivers are seeing more respect than it has uh, for a number of years. So it's always good to be a part of something that, you know, others are respecting. But I also know some of the drivers that may have left the industry in you know March, April, May were thinking, well, how how safe is it out there? And you know, I think you know, I can look at us and I can look at our customers, and I think the industry's done a great job in in creating what we kind of call a safe supply chain, where our drivers have had the ability to to protect themselves while still having the amenities they need, and then you know, providing uh, the the great service they are out there to to all consumers across the the country. You know, for us, you know, we've been in this pandemic now what seven or eight months. Uh, we have 5,700 plus drivers, and we've had um, you know 68 of those drivers test positive. So you know our, the rate out there of, of drivers getting COVID is much lower uh, 
than the general public or even other occupations, uh, even those working at home. I can tell you, uh, just in all honesty, our rate of, of people testing positive is greater in the office and the shop than it is for our drivers. So even those of us uh, uh, going home every night uh, seem to be uh, more exposed than, than, than the drivers out there. And, you know, we've certainly done a lot of things to help protect our drivers, provided them with a lot of supplies, continue to do that. So I think if you were concerned from a safety perspective, uh, I think the industry has adapted well and, and maybe be, be better than uh, the general public if you're actually uh, a part of the driving force. And then, you know, certainly um, I think shippers and receivers are valuing drivers now more than ever, too, and understanding the role they play. So uh, I think now is as great a time as ever to uh, come back to our industry. And it is one of the things we're so proud of about, you know, 40% of our hires are rehires. Uh, and we continue. We do see that picking up a little bit now, um, so that is good to see. So hopefully, for those of you out there, you know, listening to the to, to Dave show here to stay connected to the industry, uh, we'd be happy to welcome you back. And I think uh, what you would find is that so would the rest of the general public, and and you'll get much more respect than you did in years past. That makes all the sense in the world, you know, talking about going home every night because a driver is going to be all over the country, essentially. Um, and, boy, everybody says, all oh, these truck drivers are going to get it all over. They're going to spread it all over. But they're not really dealing with a lot of people, all, you know, in groups, certainly. And you can keep your distance pretty easily, I, you know, to, to the degree you can. So, yeah, <laughs> Tim, wow, That's a, that, that was a great uh, conversation. Thank you so much, as always. Thanks for having me, and everybody be safe out there. Tim Ashoff, everybody. That's Trucking Trends.